to take it, you can look in Philippians chapter 4, and we're going to be looking in verse number 13 today. So it's a verse that I'm sure many of you are familiar with, but it speaks about with God, all things are possible. And so we'll look in Philippians chapter 4, verse number 13, um, and while you're looking for that, there is a story in the paper a few weeks ago about a guy named Sir John Gurdon. Uh, he won the Nobel Prize in Physics, and that normally doesn't get my attention, except for the fact that I read the story behind it. And what's really interesting is you think a guy who won the Nobel Prize in Physics, that his entire life, that he's a guy that's got these little science trophies that are in his uh, cabinet since he was like two years old. And so the kind of people that I look at and I think, man, what a goo, but I wish that I was that guy. And so anyway, you think that he's really smart his whole life, but when he's in college in England, his professor in science did not think he was that good of a student. And he wrote on his report card, he said, you are wasting my time in this class. Wrote that down on his report card. I thought, what a great motivational teacher. Um, I think I had a lot of teachers like that. And so he saw this, and when he got it, he had that report card framed, he put it on his desk, and he let it be a motivator for him all through his life. Well, years later, he ends up becoming a famous scientist, and then he wins the Nobel Prize in Physics just a few weeks ago. My thought was, if that was me, I am taking that prize, and I'm just like cramming it in that teacher's face. But he was more mature than I was. He did not do that. But with, with uh, most people, they saw him, and they said, man, there's just a lot of things in your life that are going to be impossible. But Gurdon saw all these things as being possible in his life. And as I thought about that, I thought, you know, there's many circumstances and situations that many of us face in our life, and we see them as, as just really being impossible. And I know this as, I, as I've talked to people in the church, and I've seen some of the issues that they deal with, and, you know, I can, I can look at their marriages, and, and, and they look at their marriages, and I say, man, I, it's impossible. And there's no way that there's going to be reconciliation. And, and I'll be honest with you, man, just as a pastor sometimes, I look at some of the stuff people are going through, and I just hate to say it, but I'm like, yeah, man, I agree with you. You know, you don't stand a chance. And so we, we look at, at our marriages, and there's some people who look at their finances and, and just some of the struggles they're having, and they think, oh, we don't stand a chance. Others of us are just so overwhelmed with guilt that we think there's no way that I'm ever going to get over this guilt, or I'm too far gone for, for God to be able to do anything with me. And then I come to the scripture we're looking at today, and I think, ah, maybe we do have a chance. You see, one thing that, that Jesus tells us in Matthew nineteen twenty six, he says, with God, all things are possible. And I really believe people are desperate for hope. I believe that. I believe people are desperate for hope like, like never before. I know that, you know, four years ago, and I'm not making any kind of political statement here, but uh, President Obama, remember his, his theme four years ago. Remember what it was? Hope and change. And it was a great theme, just to be honest with you. And I, and I really believe it's because people were hungry for somebody just to come along and say, hey, things can get better. They're just hungry for somebody to say, I want you to know that everything's going to be okay. And I don't care what your politics are. I don't care who you support for president. Let me tell you something. Anytime you place your hope and your trust and your confidence in people, you are going to be sorely disappointed. And the reason why is because who we are as people. And I'm not talking about who everybody else is. 
not who I am. It would be wise for us to remember what the Bible says about us as people. In Romans three ten through 12, it says, There's no one righteous, not even one. No one who understands, no one who seeks God. All have turned away. Together they have become worthless. There's no one who does good. There is not even one. It's a positive message today. You know, and I look at that and I think, uh-oh. You know, what are we supposed to do? You know, no one's righteous. Nobody I can look, look to for, for hope. Well, that's where the good news comes today in our, in our scripture. There is one that we can turn to for hope. And there is one who gives us promise. And in Philippians 4.13, we're going to see this. Very simply, it tells us that I am able to do all things through him who strengthens me. Now, when Paul, the writer of this letter, wrote this, it was, it was an informative letter. It was also an encouraging letter. Informative is he's like, hey, guys, this is what's going on in my life. Uh, you read through Philippians. Just as a reminder, when Paul wrote this, Paul's in prison again. You know, I just, I love this. You know, it's, it's one of the few times that I can say this is really cool. A Christian's in jail again, but for a good reason. And he's in jail because of his relationship with God. But it was also a letter of encouragement because the people in Philippi were undergoing persecution. And so as Paul's in prison, he's writing them a letter of encouragement saying, hang in there. Don't give up. Trust in God. God, God has power. God gives you strength. And I'm sure when some of these people heard this, they had to be thinking, you've got to be kidding me. Why am I going to hope in God when I'm, I'm getting the tar beat out of me for following him? Why do I want to trust a God like this? And Paul is telling them because of who he is. Because God gives you a promise. What is the promise he gives? Well, he says that I am able to do all things through him who strengthens me. And, and this is, I want you to understand, this verse is a statement of truth. It's not one of these statements that Paul is making where he's saying, man, I hope this happens. You know, I hope, it's not like he's got his fingers crossed. I am able to do all things through him who strengthens me, I hope. That's not what he's saying here. He's saying this is a promise that comes from God. And so today, very simply, I want you to see that God's promise of possibility plays out in your life in several different ways. And one of the things I want you to see is that this promise, it is, it is for you. And that's the very first point in our text today, is that God's promise of, of possibility is specific to you. It's not like that he said, I'm able to do all things through him who gives me strength, me and four other people. He said, this is for the followers of God. And if you look at the preceding verses, you get an idea of where Paul's coming from. If you have your Bible, look in the preceding verses, verses 11 and 12. Paul very simply tells him what he's been through. What's he been through? He's been through the ringer. I mean, for one, he's in jail right now. Paul says, I know what it's like to be in plenty. I know what it's like to be in want. I know what it's like to be hungry. I know what it's like to be well-fed. I know what it's like to be in prison. I know what it's like to be out of prison. But regardless of what I'm facing, he said, I've learned to be content regardless of my circumstances. And that word content indicates an independence of external circumstances. Now think about that. Content means an independence of external circumstances. What do you think that means? It means Paul said, I don't care what I'm going through. My circumstances are not going to dictate my life. 
Man, I like that. If that was true, if that's true in your life, or if that was true in your life, do you think that'd make a difference for you? That you know what? It really doesn't matter what circumstances are. I can be content. Now, I personally like the idea of not allowing outside things in life to control how I live. And yet, that's what a whole lot of people do. You know, we allow the outside circumstances of life to determine if we're going to have joy or not. But Paul said, here I am in jail, I'm content. How is he able to get there? Easy to say, not real easy to do, it's because he anchored himself in Jesus. He said, I'm going to trust Jesus. Through thick and thin, I'm going to believe his promises are true. Through thick and thin, whether I'm getting the tar beat out of me or not, I'm hanging on to Jesus. And he became his anchor. He was his anchor in his life. You know, now, what does an anchor do? What's it supposed to do? Anyone? Yeah, hold, hold you steady, right? Keep in the same place. One of my favorite things in the world to do is I love to fish. I mean, I just absolutely, I can't, I'm already thinking about spring. I cannot wait for spring to come again because I love to fish. Now, whenever you go fish, sometimes I'll go fishing, and I'll be in a boat, and sometimes, you know, whenever you're in the boat fishing, the wind starts to blow. And you know, you'll be fishing, and you'll find, you know, finally, you'll find a spot where the fish are biting, and that wind blows, and it starts blowing you off that spot. Now, if that begins to happen, you know what you need to do? Drop an anchor down. And you drop that anchor down because when you drop the anchor down, the boat's going to hold steady, right? And that means that when the anchor's down, I, I don't care if the wind's blowing or not if i got an anchor. Because I can just continually throw right there in that sweet spot. And for the, those of you who fish with me, you know what a great fisherman I am. I just keep on throwing it right in that sweet spot whether the wind's blowing or not because I'm holding steady. Now, in essence, this is what Paul is telling us right here. Same, I tr- same idea is true with God. When I am anchored in him... Guys, it doesn't matter if the wind of life is blowing against me or not. Because God's going to hold me steady. God is going to hold me in the place where I am able to throw in the sweet spot of life over and over again and trust in his word. Now, now here's the question. Is Jesus a good anchor? Hebrews 13.8 says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. Does that sound consistent to y'all? That's an anchor. Uh, Malachi, the book of Malachi, chapter 3, verse number 6, says this. I, Yahweh, have not changed. It's steady. See, God makes an offer to his people that he will be the anchor in their life. It's affirmed again in Hebrews 6, 19. We have this hope like a sure and firm anchor of the soul. The promise of hope that God gives to be the anchor in your life, you know who he makes that promise to? Everybody. Now, I think there's this misperception that we think, you know, if God's going to make these promises, that he only makes it to missionaries, preachers, Mother Teresa, and my grandmother. Right? those Those are the holy people. But God makes that promise for all of us. He makes it for you. How do I know this? Because God says he loves us. John 3.16, it says that God loves the world. 
That God cares about you. And so the God that we talk about every Sunday, the God of the scriptures that we look at, is a God who desires to connect with you. That's why I love love what Paul says here. Verse number 13. I am able. Guys, there's a lot of you need to hear that today. You need to hear, you are able. When the wind of life is blowing against you. And it's raging against you. And you feel like I am about to be overwhelmed by it. Remember this promise from God. Because of his strength. Because of who he is. You are able. It's a promise of possibility. You are able. Specific, that's a promise that's specific to you. Now here's the other thing that I notice. God's promise of possibility is also, it's contingent upon him. And I like that. That promise is not, it's not contingent upon you and me. Otherwise, we'd all be a bunch of liars. It is contingent upon God. Verse number 13 says, I am able to do all things through him who strengthens me. I am able to do it through what? Through him. Another translation of this verse, I like it. It says, I'm, I'm ready for anything through the strength of one of the one who lives in me. Now, now I like that version better. Because it gets at the gist of a, what I believe Paul is trying to tell us here. In the preceding verses, Paul talks about all the junk he's been through in his life. He talks about all the hardships that he's been through. He said, but through each of these situations, so you know what? I found contentment. Now, contentment is something that sounds really good, but it's not evident in too many of our lives. Here's what I've noticed. There's a whole lot of us, we're a little bit on the jacked up side in life. You know, we're a little bit nervous. And we think, if this certain thing or this certain situation will come true in my life, then I will be able to relax. You know, if this paycheck comes through, if this job comes through, then I'll be able to relax. And that sounds good, but the problem is that makes us a slave to circumstance. And our moods are going to be dictated by how we feel. And that, y'all, that is crazy. That's a crazy way to live. It is an unsteady way to live. That's why I like it when, when this translation verse says, I'm able to do anything. What, what does that mean? I'm able to do anything. How is that possible? It's possible because of who God is. Well, then, who is God? He's the creator of all things. Who is God? Colossians tells us that all things are under the feet of Jesus. So what does that mean? It means there is not a circumstance, a situation in your life that God does not have power over. That God, God is never, that never sees any problems that you're facing in your life right now. And he thinks, oh my goodness, I am overwhelmed. God doesn't get scared about stuff like that that we face in life. My goodness. I mean, if you, I think if he's big enough to create this world, I think he can handle some of the middling problems that I've got in my life. See, God has the ability to tip the scales of life your way. If I'm not anchored in him, man, I get overwhelmed real quick. I get overwhelmed thinking about death. I get overwhelmed because, you know what, there's, there's not anything I can do to stop it. I mean, I can't. I can exercise. I can eat organic foods only. But, you know, I, I, here's what I'm discovering. I'm dis- I, I can, I, y'all, I can do CrossFit, Chad. It's great. I'm excited about it. But you know what, eventually my body is going to poof out, right? And, and so is yours. Um, now look, look what Ephesians 3.20, though, says about, about our God. 
It says, now to him who's able to do, above, to do above and beyond all that we ask or think, according to his power that works in you. How does that play out in our lives? Paul, in the previous verses, 11 and 12, he said, I've learned to be content in whatever circumstances I am. I know both how to have a little, I know how to have a lot. In any and all circumstances, I've learned the secret of being content, whether well-fed or hungry, whether in abundance or in need. Y'all, the, the ability to be ready for anything, it is found in Jesus. It's not found in who you are. It's not found in your material things. It's not found in your incredible personality. And you all have great personalities. Right? And you might say, well, I, you know, if, I, if, I just, it's just, if I just have more stuff, then I can be content. I'll be able to weather storms. I think what a lot of us are learning is we are involved in a, a recession, and it looks like we're going to be heading into a deeper recession. Money comes and goes. Right? Wasn't that long ago when we felt like we were riding, well, we were riding high. But it, it's not steady. It's not consistent. Some of us feel like we can put our confidence and finding contentment in life in our personalities. We think, I, I mean, I've got a great personality. I can, I can really work people. I have connections with people who have, who have a positions of power. And all those things are great. But in the light of the big picture, those things are temporary. They don't last. Because people are temporary. People come and people go. That's why Paul said, I'm able to make it through all things because of who I'm anchored in. And he said, I'm anchored in Jesus. And Jesus is an anchor that when, you, when you're attached to him, there's nothing that can bust you free from him. Nothing. Jesus said in John 15, 5 through 7, he said, I am the vine. What are you? You are the branches. Look at that verse. Without Jesus... Being the vine in your life, what can you do? Anybody want to say, say anything? What can you do? Nothing. Hmm. What do you think that means you need to do? If you want to do something, you need to be anchored in Him. Now, who is it in your life? What is it in your life that you're following? What is it in your life that you are looking to for hope and for guidance and direction? Don't answer out loud, but I want you to think about that. What is the driving force behind you, and what is it that you are hoping in? Who are you following? There's a story of a lady driving in Oregon. There's a whiteout, a bunch of snow. She couldn't see. She happened to see a snow plow in front of her, had the headlights on. She got right behind and said, I'll just follow this guy. I love the story. Y'all, you, I hope you enjoy the story. First service didn't get it. So y'all are smart. She gets right behind This is a true story. She gets right behind the snow plow. She follows him around. And she's like, I, if he's, just, he's clearing a path, I follow him, I'm good. She stays behind for about 30 minutes. She can't see anything but his headlights. He stops, walks back to her and says, ma'am, what are you doing? She said, I'm following you. He said, where are you going? And she was named a town in central Oregon. He said, lady, you're not going to get there following me. She said, why not? He said, because I'm plowing a parking lot. Now, isn't that a great story? I mean, I just I love that story. Now, you know, there's a lot of us who are following things, hoping they're going to get us to a certain place. Guys, it's not getting us anywhere. 
It's like we, we are following snowplows that are plowing parking lots and we're trying to get to some specific destination. Some of us are we're, we're following after and placing our hope and in things. I've already mentioned that in jobs and relationships and health. Guys, you're not going to get where you want to go following that stuff. You're only going to get where you want to go when you are anchored in Jesus. He's the only hope that we have. In Hebrews 13, verses 5 and 6, it says, Keep your lives free from the love of money. Be content with what you have. Because here's what God said. He said, Never will I leave you. Never will I forsake you. So we say with confidence, The Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. What can man do to me? There are promises of possibilities that God gives us. And so we need it. We need, we need a message of hope. I want you to see this promise of possibility that God gives, gives you and me. It's specific to you and me. It's contingent upon his power. And this is the last thing I want you to see. His promise of possibility is backed up by his strength. Look in verse 13 again. It says, I'm able to do all things through him who what? Who strengthens me. Where does our strength in life come from? It, it doesn't come from me. It doesn't come from you. It comes from God. Now, in general, I think we give ourselves way too much credit for all the good stuff that happens in our lives. And again, I know you guys are sharp. But sometimes we just, there's so many things that happen in our lives, we, we just give ourselves a lot of credit. Well, you know, I have a great education. Well, you know, my wife's doing so well because I've rubbed off on her, obviously. You know, we just give ourselves a whole lot of credit for stuff. And I think in general this happens with younger people in particular. And I think that's true. We give them, they give themselves a lot of credit sometimes because they haven't been around long enough to see the junk that life will chunk at them, you know. And so we live in this sort of fog of thinking, it doesn't matter what comes at me, I can handle it. You know, I'm strong, I'm young, got all these different things going on in my life, I'm going to be okay. Paul was a man who understood weakness. Uh, we know he was in jail when he wrote this. Not only was he in jail, did you know that there was a Roman soldier that was chained to him during this time when he's writing this? 24 hours a day. Awful. Paul was a man that knew what it meant to be overwhelmed by circumstances in life. In 1 Corinthians, he talked about, he talked about all the junk he'd been through. He said, I've been shipwrecked. I know what it's like to be shipwrecked. He said, I've been beaten. He said, I've had people hunting me down. I've had people looking to kill me for most of my adult life. And yet, he said, I'm content. Wouldn't that be, how would you like to be able to say that? And facing issues like Paul was facing. Now, was he saying that because he was delusional? He's saying this, this because, because his hope was well-founded. His hope was in Jesus. He did it. Jesus eventually. Guys, Jesus wins. End of the day, Jesus wins. That's what, that's what Paul was hoping in. That's what he was trusting in. And, you know, we, have, we all have a lot of things that we're fearful of. I, we could go through here and we could all just talk individually. What are you, what are you afraid of? And I think that we, we all have a lot of different fears, but ultimately our fears are rooted in death. And we want to do whatever we can to avoid it. 
I mean, right? I mean, most of us, we want to, we want to, you know, keep it away from us as far as possible. So, what, so what are some things we do? We don't talk about it because you know, if I don't talk about it, then maybe it's not going to happen. That's delusional, but we still, that's still the way we think. We try to surround ourselves with more things so that we can have comfort. And if we have, you know, comfort and kind of feel good about ourselves, then we can shove that thought out of our minds. You know, we kind of can keep it away from us. And again, I, you know, one of the things that we do is if I just take, my, take care of myself physically and, you know, I exercise and I can keep it off, stave it off for a long time. And that sounds really good. Now, some of you guys are in really good shape. And, you know, I will go to the Y and I'll see some of y'all and I'll see some of you ladies. And I'm thinking, man, I just, I wish I had her arms. You know, I mean, it's just depressing. But let me, let me tell you something. I mean, you, you can do all those different things. And guys, we are, we're deteriorating. The strength of our bodies only lasts so long, and the ravages of time eventually are going to take hold. That's why Paul says, where's your strength? Who are you connected to? Where is your hope? Is it better being something that's lasting? When I was a kid, there was a commercial on TV. I, I don't know if it's quite, if it's completely accurate, but it was a diehard battery commercial. Y'all remember this commercial? For those of you who are... You know, remember the 19, it's probably 70s, which is awful. Uh, but it was a commercial, and it seems like they, you know, they had these, all these cars lined up like in Antarctica or something. They left them out 24 hours, and all this snow's out. And uh, the cars, they, they all have different batteries in them, car batteries. And they're trying to crank them up again after a long period of time out there. And one by one, none of them can crank up, but they come to the diehard battery, and it turns over. The lights come on, and that car with the diehard battery drives off. Why? Well, obviously the point is it's a good battery. And that is, that is a picture. I think that's a pretty good picture of the strength of Jesus. Now, here's what I've noticed. I know, I've noticed it is, it is easy for my life to run well when it's sunny and warm outside. You know? Sunny and warm, I feel good. Everything's going well. But, you know, in nature there are seasons, right? And winter's coming. Guys, in life, there are seasons. And this is my Tony Robbins statement for today. Winter's coming. That's a joke. It's not Tony Robbins, but it's true. In life, winter is coming. What is your battery? Who are you connected to as winter comes? Because if you are not connected to a battery that's going to crank up when it's cold and hard outside, you're going to get stuck in the snow. And you're not going to make it. But if you're connected to the battery that has strength and power in your weakness... Our God will be able to move you on to progress you in life. Here's what I discover in life. When, when you've been abandoned by those that you love the most, you have a God who promises to never leave you nor forsake you. Whenever you are depressed and hurting in life, you have a God that tells you over and over, all throughout Scripture, that your life has a plan, that your life has purpose and meaning. 
whenever you are going through life and, and you're struggling financially and the bills are mounting, you have a God who promises that he takes care of his people. Whenever you are involved in relationships and in family and in marriages, where you say, there's no hope for me. There is no future for me. There is no victory for me. You have a God who tells you that you are able through His strength. As we need to hear it and live this message. With God, all things are possible. And God gives you promises of possibility. And His promises are specific to you. They are for you. This message is for you. It's contingent upon Him. And this promise that He gives us, it is backed up by His strength, which is everlasting.